Hey gearheads and welcome to Garage Talk, a discussion about all things automotive. I'm Corey. And I'm Matt. And each week this podcast will serve as a catalyst for discussion on all sorts of topics that grind our gears, rev our engines, or just need a little more conversation. And I think we've got just a little bit to cover in this week's episode. Just Just, a bit. Just a skosh. One in particular (laughs) item this week. And uh, it goes by the name of Bronco. And if you have not heard about the Ford Bronco, you've been living under a rock since Monday or even before that because the Ford media machine has really been pumping out news and information on this. All week long. Instagram and Facebook and YouTube, all of them. So we are going to dive into all things Bronco as best we can uh, the night of the announcement. Yes, we are recording this just shortly after the announcement to the world. Shortly-ish. Um, <laughs> shortly-ish <laughs> to the announcement of the world of all things Bronco. So stay tuned for more on that. But first, first, I, I do want to at least mention, welcome back to awesome audio quality. Oh my goodness. So we have been pushed into quarantine and we've worked through several different iterations of technical difficulties uh, on this podcast. And we just want to thank you, our listeners, for sticking with us through it all. But we are back to some pretty awesome quality thanks to uh, some people that truly invest and believe in this podcast and the future of where we're going. Wouldn't you say, Matt? Yeah, well, at least, yeah, that sounds wonderful. That's absolutely no. Uh, my my folks have graciously blessed us with a beautiful uh, board that ties right into my computer. We got microphones hooked up to it, yeah. and uh, being able to capture high quality audio for you, our listeners. So, Robin Rhonda, we thank you. Our listeners, thank you. And now, for what everyone truly came here for. The Bronco Sport. The Bronco Sport. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes. So, Ford did announce a lot tonight. They put out an 11-minute, I'd call it a teaser video. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it was just a teaser. But I will say, (laughs) I'm uh, I'm incredibly grateful. and, And I know Dad especially much appreciated this release versus the F-150 release. Oh, my goodness. That was like... Uh, just cringeworthy an, an awkward like we're all gonna stand 14 feet apart <laughs> and yell at each yes. other across the room and talk yes. about some new features on a truck that's been around for 60 years yeah this was much better this it, it, it was like watching a movie or television show yeah. or a, like a, a movie teaser yeah basically it's, is what yeah. it was and they barely scratch the surface of everything that there is to know about these vehicles. But we are going to dive a little bit deeper into it on this podcast for you today. And we will go even further in depth on our blog post on our website, gtgaragetalk.com. So you can check out all the news and information there. We've been sharing stuff all week on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So you can check us out there all at GT Garage Talk. But like Matt said, we're going to dive into the baby Bronco, as it's been dubbed, Yeah. Uh, first, just because we want to be sure to spend a bulk of our time on what everyone really wants to hear, and that is the bro- Bronco proper, I guess, is how we would distinguish it. Yeah. Because Ford has announced that Bronco is, like, its own brand now. It, it's not just 
a vehicle. It's a lifestyle. Yeah. There, there is more to this than essentially three models that right. they released it's this evening. The Bronco family, as it's been right. dubbed, and, and, and it's what Ford continues to push. And I think it's the right move. Um, we uh, we talked about this briefly earlier. Fiat Chrysler split Ram away from the group as a whole right. and, and really focused their efforts hard on refining that pickup. And it's won them two or three J.D. Power um, awards over the past couple of years. And they're stealing some major market share from oh, the two big players. By, by the bucket loads they're taking I away. I think they've surpassed GM as the I number two. Right. But they also have a two-truck approach because they have not truly killed off the last gen either. And so they're counting sales of both of those Ah, interesting. Rigs. Okay. So there's there's a little manipulation well, sure. to the numbers on the backside there but uh, all all that to say yes uh it, it, it's a unique way for ford to go about uh releasing and launching a new vehicle or in this case a family of vehicles yeah because throughout that entire trailer and throughout all the media that i have dug through on their website all the pictures i have not seen a blue oval one on any of these vehicles have you i have not and that that's not to say that it can't be found and i'm sure there are some embossed logos on certain places on this vehicle that you will never see in pictures just because of the nature of right. a, a raised plastic logo but this truly is a, a standalone little sub brand for ford and they have gone big um and we are going to start small yeah, <clears throat> with the baby Bronco. So uh, many have compared this to offerings from Jeep, and I think they've gotten it slightly wrong because I hear the Renegade and the Compass thrown around a lot. Right. When I see this Bronco Sport really has to compete with the Cherokee Trailhawk. Okay. Having owned one and still own. <laughs> Being an owner of a Cherokee Trailhawk, yeah. I can tell you for perfect, uh, with perfect accuracy that that is who Ford has in their crosshairs with this Bronco Sport. It is based off the Ford Escape, mm -hmm. which is their midsize crossover, and the Cherokee is Jeep's midsize crossover. The pricing is right in line with the Cherokee. Oh, yeah. The options, the off-road options that they have are right in line with the Cherokee. They've got a locking differential. Cherokee's got that. Uh, wherein the Renegades and the Compasses don't. And so all of that just says that they have got Cherokee square in their in the crosshairs on yep. this one. Which, prior to the Cherokee's rebirth in 2014, the Cherokee had its own, like, cult following oh yeah almost definitely. to the level that the wrangler does so it it makes sense yeah that is a very nostalgic very heritage rich nameplate and definitely one to go after sure it kind of slates in as the the bronco <laughs> two um. <laughs> <laughs> In reference to the Mustang Two, uh, <laughs> that no. was a massive flop. No, no. Uh, well, the the Bronco Two was not exactly <laughs> yeah. uh, a top seller either. No, but, it wasn't. But the idea was was similar, right? The Bronco Two was was yeah a baby Bronco. It was this um, you know still 
close to being as capable as the full-blown, full-size Bronco right. um, at a little less of a price point, a little more on-road refinement, uh, a little more, air quote, comfortable um, than maybe the Bronco yeah. was. Uh, well, this one will definitely be more comfortable than the full-size Bronco because, again, it's based off the aforementioned Ford Escape, right. which we all know is really meant for mall crawling. Right. Oh, yeah. And um, soccer games and all that stuff. It It is not meant for off-roading. It's not the first vehicle you choose to go to Moab in. No. No. <laughs> and even in their trailer, teaser, whatever you want to call that video announcement, uh, the baby Bronco kind of got the, well, you know, the Bronco can know all this stuff, but don't forget about the right. Bronco Sport. You know, it, it can go on whatever adventures you would want as well. Which is not untrue, but the people going after the Bronco probably are not the same ones going after the Bronco Sport. Yeah, I would, I would, I would agree with that. Um, I, I'm, yeah, I would agree with that. I think uh, they're they're both lifestyle vehicles, absolutely for sure, absolutely, but pretty different lifestyles. Yes, I would say that. The Bronco Sport is more for the person getting into maybe the occasional serious off-roading, but right. more so the campsites and the just going off the grid kind of right. lifestyle. Whereas, uh, or or even somebody who who lives in the city, works in the city, but likes to go wheeling on the weekend, right. uh, all in the one vehicle all that in they the own. one rig. It, this this makes that a lot easier. Yeah, and this would definitely be way more comfortable on road, like right. you mentioned, and uh, have more refinement to it. It has a fixed roof, so you don't have to worry about creaks and rattles and leaks and things of that nature. So right. th there's a lot to like about this, and it is a good entry into this new brand that Ford is launching. Absolutely. And one thing I noticed on here is, so it comes with a 2-liter EcoBoost engine. And they're still targeting best-in-class horsepower and torque, but they have not announced that, so we don't know exactly what that is. And all models are four-wheel four drive. So, again, going after the Trailhawk specifically in that yeah, we're, we're only concerned with off-roading. Now, True. to be sure, I'm... I'm guessing the entry levels are probably like some really weak full-time all-wheel drive with a front-wheel drive bias and all all that fun stuff that we can get into. Oh, yeah. I'm sure there's, there's at a later some to date, that for but sure. But. To say that all wheels will have power from the factory and from any option level right. um, it is quite a statement of their intentions with this little, little tyke. Well, I, I mentioned earlier... Um, how because we we pulled up the website and and now they're you know ford's finally got the Broncos side of the site opened up yeah. where you can see it and view it and check into all this stuff and and i mentioned that there are quite the similarities between this and the forester as far as the profile is concerned yeah. the the way the back door is shaped the that way the hood pillar kinda, yeah, yeah the way the hood kind of bubbles a little bit the the front fascia is that there's similarities to uh, the Subaru Forester. So, um, I don't know. The all-wheel drive makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah. And, again, it, it's going after that semi-off-road 
lifestyle, not that full-blown overlanding right. lifestyle that Wranglers and the Broncos are truly trying to capture. Yeah. And there are, let's see, one, two, three, four, five. Five different models on this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, different levels that you can go from first edition down to Badlands, Outer Banks, Big Bend, and the base model. So you can get it in kind of whatever flavor floats your boat and whatever level of off-roading you want to see. Oh, it, yeah. It's got all the tech uh, that you would want, at, what they say, up to an 8-inch touchscreen in the dash. Mm-hmm. Kind of that floating tablet design, but in a much more tasteful fashion than the Ford Explorer. Because <laughs> I, I will always go back to how hideous that giant 12-whatever floating, jutting up out of the <laughs> yeah. dash thing is in the Ford Explorer. Yeah. Very tasteful interior. I, I love the interior. I think yeah. we're looking at the same picture here. The saddle leather, that seems to be an option on both these rigs. It's a deep brown. Not bad. I like it. I like it. Yeah. But uh, all in all, you know, decent low ride. Oh, yeah. I, I think it will give some serious competition to the two vehicles we've already mentioned. Oh, yeah. I'm curious to see what else this competes with too because it, it the interior looks incredibly luxurious yeah um very well put together very well thought out um well you had mentioned it has kind of a little exterior wise little land rover yeah vibe to it as well, well I, yeah both both rigs really do yeah. i think there's there's definitely some land rover cues in there and i would be curious to know um the supposed is at this point that um, this is based on the Ranger platform. Yeah. And well, this one's based on the Escape. Right. This one's based on the Escape. Yeah. the The big one is based on the on the Ranger platform. Um, so, I would be curious to know if either the Defender is also based on the Ranger platform, or if the mm-hmm. Ranger is based on the Defender platform, <laughs> or some some twisted variant thereof, uh, yeah. because. The, the few leaked photos, and I mentioned this months ago when the first couple of leaked photos came out, that the similarities between them were uncanny. Yeah. Uh, the, there is a lot to be said about design elements and features and this, that, and the other. Uh, so we'll get into this a little bit with, well, all Bronco vehicles, but uh, the marketing behind the Bronco team has been outstanding. Agreed. That goes down to the naming of the paint colors, the name of the trim levels, and even something as simple as the terrain mode, goat mode. Goat mode. Which stands for goes over any type of terrain. Goat goes over any type of terrain. That's nice. I love it. And, uh, and that's an old school phrase, too. Right. I was watching the the prelude to the release on YouTube uh, on my – not on my way up here. Well – on my way up here. Listening I was yes, listening, listening to, to passively it. Passively watching. Yes, <laughs> yes. yes. Um, paying 100% attention to the road in front of me right. and listening to. Uh, and that was one of the things that they talked about uh, from the 70s um, and, and I think even into the 60s when they released this vehicle as being um, that go go over any type of terrain vehicle. Yeah. That goat, co- goat phrase was coined even yeah. back then. 
and and like I said, with the names of the paint colors. So here are just a, a few of we've got Area Fifty One, Cactus Gray, Cyber Orange Metallic, which is a personal favorite of both of ours, Kodiak yes. Brown, uh, Rapid Red Metallic, Shadow Black, Iconic Silver. Uh, let's see, Alto Blue Metallic Tinted Tricoat. So got some interesting colors and some interesting names. Uh, just the thought that has gone into all elements of both of these vehicles yeah. has been uh, quite astounding and something to behold. But, um, yeah. Definitely. Uh, I like that Kodiak brown. That's a sweet color. I mean, I'm not a fan of red. brown. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not a red fan, but I, I like it on this rig. It looks sharp, yeah. I think. Um, that being said... As a current owner of a Jeep Cherokee Trailhawk, I will say that the um, I feel attacked. <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> no, I, I truly love our Jeep. It, it has been great for our family. It It is perfect on any type of terrain. Uh, I, I've taken it mild off-roading uh, with uh, one of our wrangler owning friends that we've had on a previous episode go check that out but uh it 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 has been good for us and i do believe this will only make it better competition makes all parties better and is great for the end consumer so i am very interested to see even though jeep just quote unquote upgraded and modified the cherokee basically they they made some more room interior in the interior fixed the lights on the front and the rear, and called it a day. Yeah, I, I'm ready for a ground up redesign and to see what they are capable of. Yeah, with a whole new slate and with a true legit competitor coming up against them. Yeah, so I'm down. Before we get into Big Brother to this little guy, why don't we take a minute to hear from our sponsors? Hey Gearheads, this week's episode is brought to you by our friends at ETX Laser. Born from a desire to bring custom decor and gift ideas to life, owners Brandon and Hannah are seeking to step up your style with their custom laser engraving. They can craft designs on wood, glass, metal, and more, and will work with you until you are satisfied. ETX Laser is also designing the awards for our upcoming Unlikely Heroes car show. You can check out their work and give them a like by heading over to their Facebook page. Facebook.com slash ETX Laser. You can follow the link on our car show page, gtgaragetalk.com slash car show, or you can shoot them an email at etxlaser at gmail.com and get your custom engraved artwork started today. And we're back. And now we're going to talk about the Bronco that everyone came here to hear about. And that is the Bronco. I don't know. It, it, it seems a little weird that there's one called the Bronco Sport, one called the Bronco. Yeah. It, it makes talking about the Bronco. Difficult. Odd. Awkward. I will say odd. Yeah. Odd, awkward. But. Well, even on their website, 2021 Ford Bronco. There's no other. Yeah. So this one comes even in a wider array of options and packages and trims and two doors and four doors and yeah it, it's all it's the things overwhelming it's wonderful <laughs> it is a little overwhelming so you had mentioned 
Jeep and the Wrangler has how many different options? Do you have that pulled up in front of you? Uh, I think I counted 13. 13? So Ford has got, let's see, we've got the Base, one, Big Ben, two, Black Diamond, three, Outer Banks, four, Badlands, five, Wild Track, six, and first edition is seven different models. And then you add on top of that the packages that they have underneath that you can layer on top. Uh, and what what do we have? The Sasquatch, which is the one I would want. Right. Yeah. That's the off-road, all the off-road right. goodness. The 37, or I'm sorry, the 35s, right. the beadlock ready wheels, the uh, the wider fender flares. The bash plates. Bash I plates. love that they're called bash plates. Somebody over in the marketing department oh, really it. hit a home run with this one. Rock bashing. So, yes. So, we've got the seven available models, and then you've got the packages. So, yes, Sasquatch is like the all-out off-roader, and it is available across the line on all seven. Yep. Then stepping down, or... I don't guess it's necessarily stepping down, but you've got the Lux package, which is the top of the line. It's got all the goodies, the adaptive cruise control, the banging Olsen sound system, 10 speakers, all that good stuff. And then down from there, high package, mid package, and standard package. So between those five that you can layer on top of all seven of the trims, packages, whatever you want to call them, that's 35 just different model trim packages oh yeah all in themselves practically right uh, i say practically because the first edition only comes with the sasquatch and the lux package anyway you can't get all of them on all of them but still sub 35 that that's a lot is to a take in and we had our friend with here with us tonight brendan uh brendan kirkpatrick and he was planning on I say planning on, emphasis on planning on, putting a deposit down on one here with us uh, where we can kind of record the process and go through what it's like to order it. And I will say just the sheer amount of options coming into it, uh, to put your $100 deposit down, you have to know which of those seven trims you want. Right. Because you're going to be locked into that trim, I would assume, when they call you back in December and say, all right, now let's talk options. Interesting. So it it took Brandon a better part of 30 minutes just to figure out exactly which one of the, these oh, yeah. trims that he wanted based on his wish list. He wanted a manual. He wanted the more powerful engine. He wanted off-roading off goodness. Uh, so basically he wanted the Sasquatch package, but then trying to figure out, you know, it, it was back and forth between the Black Diamond, the Outer Banks, and the Badlands. Right. Which all fall in the middle of the seven option option packages, trim levels. And I think ultimately what he came down and decided on was the Black Diamond package, okay. which... Uh, as of this recording, we still do not have confirmation that he has confirmation that he has placed an order. <laughs> yeah. But that is coming. Uh, Ford has had a lot of traffic on their site, as uh, to be expected. Yeah, I just clicked on the build and price thing for the F-150, and it said, 
hold your horses. <laughs> so people are definitely trying to get in and, and yeah. uh, make the most of what's going on. It'll be really interesting to see tomorrow, because I'm sure Ford will announce tomorrow, how many people in the first night were on their website, one, oh, yeah. and how many deposits they took, which they do say is $100 fully refundable deposit. It can be refunded at any point in the process. Yeah. So uh, I'm half tempted. Don't worry, Holly. It's still a Ford. It's not going to happen. <laughs> I'm half tempted to put one down myself. Right. Just to see how it all works and what information I get back. But that's what we've got Brandon for. And Brandy fully expects to purchase at yeah. the end of this whole process. Yep. So that is a connection that we have that we will be sharing every bit of information that we can get out of Brandon and out of Ford Motor Company uh, for you, our listeners, just how this process works. Because I know several people who say never, ever, ever buy the first year model. Right. Never buy one right out the gate. Let them work out the kinks. Right. Ironically, Brandon and his wife have recently been bit <laughs> by this because they bought a first gen first gen first year model of the current gen honda civic oh and a rock came and cracked their windshield and they could not get a replacement windshield for the longest time because of some silly rule that there wasn't any on the aftermarket yet and oh wow that i don't know it it sounded crazy to me i didn't get the full details from him we'll have to have him on to fully explain it but uh it's just interesting to me that here we are. He was ready to put money down on one before he even knew what options were available. Yeah. And, and now we're like swimming in options and he's still ready to jump in, which I'm not knocking him for. If you like something, you like something, go after oh, it and yeah. get it. And he's driven the same vehicle his entire life. So yeah, it, it's time for an upgrade. For yeah, him. definitely. But definitely. So I was I was curious. You mentioned something that piqued my interest. Uh, oh, just, did I? Yeah. The um, the the two engine options. One is the two point three EcoBoost four banger right. that's currently in the Ranger. Right. We knew that one was coming. We knew that one was going to be there. It made sense because this is basically a Ranger with a different body and right. more options. Right. Um. Cool. Fantastic. That's great. Uh, the two seven, however. Um, is not available in the Ranger. Mm-hmm. It is available in the F-150. One of our friends has an F-150 with that motor in it, and it is not a slouch. Yeah. It will it will get after it. Um, but I was curious, so I pulled up the F-150's 2.7 turbocharged EcoBoost engine. 325 horsepower. Interesting. 400 foot-pounds of torque. Interesting. So they've detuned it just a smidge. I'm sure it's a lot to do with packaging and exhaust and this, that, and the that's, other. Yeah, that's probably true. But in the manifesto, the trailer, whatever you want to call the video that everybody and their mom seem to have watched tonight, Yeah, uh, we got a 310 estimated is mm-hmm. what they're, I can't remember the exact term they use, they're uh, shooting for their target horsepower and 400 pound feet of torque so that is quite impressive and i will say that was the, the maybe not the first but one of many shots fired oh yeah at their friends across the way at, oh, I'm, at jeep yeah i'm looking at it right here the available 2.7 eco boost with uh, with four-wheel drive is projected Projected, to produce that was the word. a best in class. Best in class. They loved that phrase. Oh, right, my didn't goodness. They? I, if best I, in class. We could have. 
I see you've got a Sprite sitting next to you. We could have taken uh, sips of Sprite every time they took a shot at Jeep, and we would have needed multiple cans apiece yeah. mm-hmm. because uh, they clearly did not hold any punches back. Well, and even even sometimes not so clearly. I mean, there were some subtle things in there that were definitely little pokes and jabs. Right. I love it, too, because uh, – and we've mentioned this – Numerous times already in discussions about the Bronco, it's only good for everybody Absolutely. that this vehicle be released. Well, case in point, we're again recording this on Monday, and just this morning, so Monday for all you listening on Friday, just this morning we got the 392 Hemi V8 concept yeah. Wrangler riding on 37 beadlocks. Yep. And, oh my goodness, I want one. Y'all can have your Bronco. I want that thing. 450 horsepower, <laughs> 425 foot-pounds of torque. 450, 450. Oh, it is 450? Yeah. Wow. They made it really easy for us. Eh, fair yeah. enough. But, uh, and I still screwed it up. <laughs> <laughs> that thing would move. Now, I, I made a joke because who's really drag racing their Jeep Wranglers, especially Jeep Wranglers riding on 37s, but... They claim it'll do zero to 60 in under five seconds, which is astounding for, A, how much that vehicle weighs, too, how much the rolling mass of those wheels and tires weighs, and the fact that it's really meant for rock crawling, not drag racing. Right. So it it, it is a very interesting rig to me. I will just throw that out there. And they have definitely piqued my interest. And. We can only expect to see more stuff like that out of our friends across the way at Jeep because now they have to really step up their game. Definitely. Because Ford has brought it. Oh, yeah. And uh, Don't get me wrong. There are other vehicles in the segment-ish. Yeah. Um, I.e. the 4Runner. Yeah. Um. TRD Pro, it's it's a solid, formidable um, yeah. competitor, but it's no Jeep. It's no Jeep. Um, as much <laughs> as much as Toyota would love it to be, <laughs> it is not a Jeep. And this is the Bronco is right smack dab direct competitor with. The Jeep Wrangler. And, and Which I, brings me to what you pointed out to me earlier, and I'm going to share it with all of our listeners, is if you go to Jeep.com today, Monday night, the first thing that pops up is that 392. The very first picture. That 392 concept with the phrase, often imitated, never duplicated. And Jeep does absolutely have the heritage. They've been doing it consistently since the 40s. Uh, you only had to look around inside a Jeep to see all the Easter eggs of oh, since yeah. 1941, since 1941, yeah, uh, all over the place in there. And uh, Ford built some of those in there too, right? I'm just, I'm just gonna right. just they gonna did. point that out. They did. Um, Jeep has got a very long storied history. <laughs> um, so, and it is interesting the connection that these two have and the diverging paths that they've taken to get oh, yeah. to where we are now, but. All that to say, 
the shots were fired from Ford, and I'm just going to list a few of them right here. Best-in-class departure and breakover angle. So that's climbing a mountain, that's coming off a mountain, that that's going over the top of a mountain for all of the layman's listening. So it's got all the best angles, but it's also riding on some of the biggest tires. Right. It's got 35-inch tall tires where they are claiming all these numbers. I think the the tallest available for the Rubicon is a 33 or 32. 33. Is it a 33? Yeah. Uh, and the 392 concept, like I said, was riding on 37s with a two inch lift. Right. So Jeep is teasing us. Now let's see him put it into production. Oh, so sure. We'll yeah. see that. But again, it's amazing what a taller tire will do. I will say, Garage Talk did call this one uh, about the best departure angle in the class because. Uh, they did release some teaser photos that just made it very clear that that rear overhang yeah. on the Bronco was just so much shorter and compact and right to the point oh, yeah. versus the Jeep Wrangler. So that one didn't surprise me whatsoever. Best available in-class ground clearance and water fording. So that that's one that's also surprising to me that Jeep was able to be bested in. But again... It's a wonder what 35-inch tall tires will do for oh, you, yeah. which I know both of these have got to be claimed on. So, uh, Some more shots fired. Available best-in-class six-cylinder gasoline power. And interesting that they threw in six-cylinder because uh, the Jeep does offer uh, a diesel option and a turbo four option. And potentially, now that we know this 392 might be a thing, V8 power. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see where that goes. Best in class gasoline four cylinder torque. So going back to that four cylinder turbo that Jeep has, they're like, oh, we got you there too. So, oh, yeah. and torque's what you really want when you're climbing rocks and doing all this stuff that sure. the claimed purchasers of these vehicles are doing. Segment first seven speed manual transmission, segment first 10 speed automatic transmission. <laughs> Uh, let's see what else. Uh, the, all the the goat mode on demand automatic uh, engagement and the the list go on and oh, on. Yeah. Just some of the things that uh, Ford just took aim at Jeep and said, "We've got you here. We've got you here. We've yep. got you here." So. Oh yeah. It's exciting. It is very exciting, and like I said, I. Now that all this is out in the open and Jeep engineers have more than just rumors to go off of, yeah, what does this mean? What are we getting? Oh, sure. Because um, I mentioned this just in conversation with you earlier. The pre- predecessor to the current JL Jeep was the JK Jeep, and it was with us for over a decade. So does that mean the JL is going to have a shorter lifespan and they're going to go back to the drawing board? And go bigger and better on all fronts? Or are they going to tweak their current design and get as much life out of it as they can? The business mind in me says they're going to do the latter. They're going to tweak and adjust and do whatever they can to make the current iteration that they've sunk all this money into last for how long they had planned it to last before trying to rush something into production. But I can guarantee you they've already started work on the next oh absolutely so. absolutely uh, I wonder I wonder how much thought went into the JL when they started hearing rumors of the Bronco coming back 
back three or four or five years ago, yeah. whenever it was Ford really started talking seriously about bringing back the Bronco. I really wonder how much that played into that, that rig. Um, and how much they were able to incorporate in the initial design. In the initial, uh, to be able to, to tweak and, and make better and things like that. Um, I think, uh, this would be my theory, um, there's no FCA execs sitting on the couch with us at the moment, <laughs> so take this for what you will, but I I think they would be smart to stay the course mm-hmm. with what they've got. I agree. Um, let the Bronco come out. They're going to do a half year, I'm almost certain, this first go around, uh, and then come out with a, a full year of production for 2020. 2021 uh or 2022 i guess yeah would be what it is um that would be you know a year and two months a year and three months from now where that next or the the second round of broncos starts coming out um it usually takes two to three years to develop a vehicle anyway yep so more than likely they're already working on the next one and so be it. I mean, that's, that's the way the industry works. But this gives them an edge, I think. This gives Jeep an edge to be able to look at, like what you were saying, the engineering of it, the different um, capabilities of the Bronco, and apply those to the new JL. The approach angles, the departure angles, yeah. the breakover angles, all those things. that The available size tires. Yeah, all those things. Um and I'm sorry, I know it's a concept, but 450 horsepower, 450 <laughs> foot-pounds of torque will not happen consistently for long through the Dana 44s that they have underneath that thing right now. Yep, yep. I'm, I'm you, huge, you had pointed out to me some of the design flaws and just what you could see. They're already having issues with the gladiators and the axle tubes because of the way that they stepped the tube size down. Uh, headed out towards the wheels Um, you're gonna have to build a beefier axle if you're putting 450 foot pounds of torque through it it's just and and multiplied that even for somebody who's in low range yeah you know unless there's a way of locking out you know you only get 250 horsepower in low range or something like that uh, and then what's the point of having 450 horsepower if it's for drag racing so (laughs) apparently well, but even that, you yeah. know, a, a dig yep. from from zero on a sticky tarmac, and yep. you've got all four wheels locked in, all you know, all three lockers are locked, and you just slipped your foot off the clutch and put 450 foot pounds yep. of torque into that axle. Bad things are going to happen. <laughs> but Jeepers know how to fix their rigs on the fly. So <laughs> is that because they're always fixing the rigs on the fly, or so? One thing that has come to my mind through this whole announcement is very similar to another Ford-based, horse-based product. Uh And yes, I'm talking about the Mustang. So we all know back in 1964, the Mustang was the first to market. And Chevrolet came out in 67 with the Camaro as their answer to you know, the young, youthful market. Right. Uh, big V8, rear-wheel drive, and a small car. And pretty much since inception, the Camaro has been better on paper. 
There have been there have been some models. There have been some models, but consistent pretty consistently better on paper. It, it's always had slightly more power. It's always had a little bit better features here and there, and I know I am incredibly biased on this one. But even looking at uh some of the current offerings when the Camaro came back out when it was re-released the SS had 426 horsepower. The Mustang didn't have 426 horsepower at that time. Well, it had 420. Yeah. So, like I said, in the a Camaro, car that weighs a thousand pounds less, <laughs> it's not a thousand. It's pounds. not a thousand pounds. But, but the Camaro has always had a slight edge. They've always been able to claim, you know, best in class this, best in class that throughout right. the years, a majority of the time. But because the Mustang came out first and had an incredible marketing team even back then behind them, they were able to do wonders just being first. Oh, yeah. Not always the best. Right. But first. Like I said, Camaro has been better a good chunk of the time. Sure. And it disappeared for a few years on us. And so there is something to be said about being first, and it'll be interesting to see how Jeep plays that and the angle that they take and... I'm not by any means saying that either one of these is going to cease production anytime soon, especially the Jeep. But it'll be interesting to see how this rivalry pans out because this is kind of, pun intended, I guess, the new frontier of horsepower wars, of manufacturing engineering wars. Potentially. Because people are more interested in four doors. Yeah. But you don't really get in sports cars. Sports stands are picking up steam. Uh, SUVs are all the rage. Oh, yeah. Cars are not. So this really has become the new frontier, the new battleground. And these are the two heavyweights yeah. going at it. So I am very interested to see how this lasts long term and what comes of it and who slips along the way. Sure. Uh, who does something like crazy like putting 450 horsepower and pound-feet of torque and uh, a stock 44 yeah that has no business and 37s (laughs) yeah yeah so um again that was just a concept we'll see what i know reality brings but uh the the possibilities are endless at this point and since we did not get easter jeep safari this year i'm wondering was this a holdover that we would have already seen had EJS happened, or um, is there more to come? Because they typically typically bring one or two crazy rigs out to Easter Jeep Safari. Oh, yeah. last year they had off. like six. Yes, which uh, was incredible. One of which was a single cab mm-hmm. Gladiator mm-hmm. Uh, J six. Oh my goodness, they need to make that truck. Yeah, it was beautiful. And for those of you who don't know. <laughs> the Easter Jeep Safari Weekend is so huge for Jeep the brand and Jeep the community. Yeah. Because Jeep the brand uses that as a way to gauge the interest from their most loyal customers. Absolutely. And so that having not happened this year kind of hurts the developmental side of Jeep moving forward. Yeah, I mentioned this to you before. We uh, before we watched the premiere for the Bronco, that with that 392 coming out, I would not be surprised if they run that thing through the press for the next six months, 
eight months, ten months uh, in preparation for Easter Jeep Safari yep. uh, and use that time to refine it and make it better and make it more feasible and more doable um, and come out with a full function concept vehicle um, or or a pre-production concept right. type vehicle um, come Easter Jeep Safari 21 and uh, and really let that be <laughs> especially with the Broncos hitting the ground yeah. right around the same time yeah. uh, really let that be the showcase um, next spring for that truck and so on that note um, the community that Jeep has built over the generations of life from them and the Easter Jeep Safari being one of the premier events for Jeep enthusiasts, um, Ford has taken note of both of those things and come out swinging on those fronts as well. So they are launching Bronco Nation. Bronco Nation is the first nationwide community for the all-new and classic Ford Bronco. Built by a passionate and knowledgeable community of enthusiasts, Bronco Nation celebrates an iconic brand and encourages everyone that loves Bronco to join. Check them out for curated content, community forums, event, interactive maps, and more. So that's one side of it. Building the community, the fans, the followers, which the classic Broncos already have a very passionate base. Oh, yeah. Uh, we've discussed with Brandon just how he got to where he is tonight, ready to plunk down a deposit and purchase a new one. He was not that very long ago looking at a 70s model rust bucket. Oh, yeah. For just over eight grand. And we both kind of said, uh, <laughs> but that's just how serious he was about getting into this Bronco nation, this Bronco community that he was willing to plunk down eight grand on a rust bucket from the seventies. Right. And now he's looking at a much newer vehicle for a, about the same end price. Right. All said and done. And he gets a warranty and all that comes with a brand new vehicle so there is a lot to be said about the ford bronco community uh, there is a big gap of time where none were produced but right. that's all right uh, because they came out swinging oh, with yeah. this one and then the other side of the coin kind of going with ejs and some of the big events that jeep has going on with their vehicles uh, ford also announced the bronco off rodeo yeah. <laughs> so Rodeo. Yeah, right. Rodeo, right. Rodeo. Yeah. Uh, but off, yeah, off rodeo. So essentially it's a it's a school. It's an opportunity for those who purchase a new Bronco um to get together and learn their vehicle, learn off roading, um and and be able to connect, you know, build on the community. Um, and I love the idea. I, I think it's yes. Uh, you're the marketing genius uh, between the two of us, and this this is a a, a home run for sure for them on building into that society, building into that yep. homage. Um, this only helps speed up the process of yes. having capable people behind the wheel of capable vehicles right so this is a genius move by ford 
that I think will be well received. Um, I will just read their marketing spiel that goes with this. The Bronco brand comes to life at the Off-Rodeo, an off-roading and outdoor adventure playground built for all skill levels with experiences that will build confidence, inspiring Bronco owners to continue to treat themselves to getting out into the wild for years to come. This exclusive experience will invite owners to choose from one of four epic locations, immerse themselves in the Bronco lifestyle, provide an incredible drive experience, and create unforgettable memories while celebrating the community, adventure, and the great outdoors. So I will say that just anecdotally from YouTube channels and things that I've watched, I won't name them by name, but there was a Jeep YouTuber out there who had a catastrophic failure out in Moab over a year ago and it a lot of a lot of people weighed in on the accident there was no footage of it happening I have not seen footage of it happening we just know the aftermath and kind of angles and everything that was going on and where he was coming from and where he was going but basically uh, he ended up hitting a bystander and uh, going nose first into a crevice <laughs> and damaging his rig and injuring, like I said, a bystander along the way. And an event like this uh, would have helped because it helps teach all the basics. Does that mean there's never an accident? No. Uh, does that mean I know exactly what this YouTuber did wrong? No. I, I only know the commentary of people who witnessed it right. and people who have examined every angle and inch and everything of the incident yeah uh it, it sounds like it could have been avoidable it sounds like it was possibly someone who modified a vehicle and was a little over his head and over his skill level and to be honest that's where i would be if i had that rig that he had and i was trying to build a youtube following i definitely would have gone to a major jeep event to be seen and oh, get yeah. some footage and things of that nature. Definitely. Uh, but this off-rodeo adventure uh, that is available to all Bronco buyers, it sounds like, uh, and some Bronco sport buyers, uh, you kind of dug through that earlier, uh, is an absolutely wonderful idea and just helps create so much confidence. Yeah. Uh, not only in... Uh, the people behind the wheel, but in people expanding the brand. Oh, definitely, yeah. It's 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 only a good thing. Right. I, I really, I really firmly believe that it's only a good thing. And like you said, simply giving a, it's a brand new vehicle, brand new everything about it. Um, and people who, you know, being being a lifestyle vehicle, there will be people who buy these who have never been in the dirt ever with any vehicle, even if it was Correct. pulling off to the side of the road to change a tire in some cases, they've never been in the dirt. And this gives them an opportunity to do it in a controlled and a safe environment right. instead of being on Black Bear Pass <laughs> and mistaking the brake for a gas and, you know, tumbling down the side of the mountain. And another thing that happens with very capable vehicles like this is people buy them with little to no off-roading knowledge thinking all oh, the vehicle will do all the work right but there's so much more that goes into it and uh, just 
in the video we watched tonight about the Bronco, knowing that it's got that 360 camera is going to put some false confidence in people thinking, well, I don't need a spotter. Right. You probably need a spotter. That That's just an added layer of protection. Exactly. So uh, we truly advocate safe off-roading practices and principles oh, yeah. uh, here at Garage Talk, and we will continue to push that message uh, as Broncos start rolling out to the public, as more people buy Jeeps, as more people buy Broncos. Uh, safe off-roading practices. Uh, educate, educate, educate. The technology so. is simply an aid. Right. It is not a replacement for knowledge, for personnel, for right. your own personal capability. It is simply an aid in that process. So we could truly talk about these, we'll say three vehicles because there's the two-door, the four-door, and the sport. We could talk about these three vehicles all night long and the implications to the industry, to the business, to the competition, all that. But at some point, we, we truly have to sign off. And to that end, we have reached that point. You can find out more from us on our website, gtgaragetalk.com. By the time this airs, we will have blog posts out there with as much information as we can cram out there. Pictures, videos, GIFs, all that good stuff for you. Uh, we will continue as we learn more to put stuff out on uh, our website. We will put stuff out on our social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at GT Garage Talk. Made it very simple for you to find us. GT Garage Talk. That's all you got to remember. That's it. So I've got a question for the week. Absolutely. Shoot. I want to know which one you would pick. Is it the Bronco Sport, the Bronco 2-door, or the Bronco 4-door? And what color? So, what model, what color? There's like eight or ten different options for colors. <laughs> Three different rigs you can choose from. If you want to go full, spec'd out, everything, be sure to leave that in the comments yeah, bonus, also. Bonus content That's from it. you, yes. our listeners. But we truly love hearing back from you. So, hit us up, like I said, our website, our Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that, at GT Garage Talk. You can even email us, gtgaragetalk at gmail.com. We want to hear back from you. We want to hear how excited you are. We've got a few posts that have already gained a lot of traction uh, just here tonight. So uh, the Ford Bronco coverage has not stopped yet. So until next time, bye.